Hi, my name is Angela. Welcome to a new episode of my podcast, Heal Thy Feminine. Here is where I discuss the importance of connecting to and healing your inner girl in order to embody healthy femininity. Today's topic is going to be the mother wound. So first off, today is Mother's Day. So I want to give a big shout out to all those who are biological, adoptive, or otherwise took on a caregiver role as a mother in the lives of any children, young people, adults. So happy Mother's Day to all. Happy Mother's Day. Now Mother's Day is a time that we honor the women in our lives who have taken on a mothering role. We appreciate them. We thank them. We show them affection. We show them adoration. We praise them to ourselves, to others in our family, to the world, to through social media. We take this day to really let the Mothers in our lives know, um, and even grandmothers, aunts, anyone who is a mother figure, how much we have appreciated them throughout the year. How much we appreciate the fact that they are still here and alive and well, and they're our mothers. So, again, happy Mother's Day. Now, most people, well, maybe I shouldn't even say most. I won't even get into a generalization or a statistical generalization by saying most but i would say there are there are people out there who have good relationships with their mothers and this day is a very exciting happy memorable day for those people and they love the idea of celebrating their mom um, and those who are mom figures in their lives Um, they love being with their mother. They love this day to spend time with their mother and just really be thankful for the sacrifices that their mother made for them, the love that their mother gave to them, right? And then there's those who are sad because their mothers have passed away. Um, And today just reminds them of their lack, of what they're missing. Then there's those, especially during this time and coronavirus who are just apart from their mothers by distance by um you know quarantine or maybe it has nothing to do with coronavirus maybe you just moved to a different state like myself and you're not near your mother right and so you can't be with her physically so maybe you settle for a text a phone call a facetime right um to get that closeness with your mother today but you still feel a little empty because those around you are physically with their mother and you really want to be. But then there's those who treat this day like many singles treat Valentine's Day, right? Like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, I don't care that I'm single. I'm just going to make this single awareness day. Um, And a lot of people want to harp on the pain and the torture and the mistreatment and the, 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 traumatic experiences and the toxic relationship that their mothers are and a lot of women a lot of people want to park on 
how their mother is a narcissist and you know and really pride themselves on not having a good relationship with their moms and so they don't really acknowledge the day instead when everyone is posting pictures of their mothers and saying good things about them they have to make it a point to say how evil their mother was or is how toxic how much of a narcissist how she never apologized how she did this to them how she did that to them Now, everyone is definitely entitled to how they feel about anyone, about any circumstance, right? And I don't downgrade anyone's feelings. But one thing I want to say really quickly for the people that complain about their mothers. Now, if your mother willingly did harm to you, then this is not for you. This is not for you. But I do not believe that's the majority of the people who have the issues with their mothers, you know, on this day. But if your mother willingly did harm to you, and even willingly is, I'm going to put that in quotes, because I honestly believe that everyone is doing the best that they can. So it may have seemed like this person really did harm to you on purpose, but that may have been the only thing that they know they knew what to do based on their own trauma and what they've been through. So it may have seemed intentional to your ego, but to them, it was subconscious. It was subconscious. They didn't know. They didn't know how to react differently, right? So this is why it's so important to do inner girl work, to do inner child work. Because when you do that work, you start to have compassion for people and realize that everyone on this planet is just doing the best that they can based on what the programming that they have and the trauma that they have. Now, I'm not saying people don't know no better. I'm not saying that. But consciously, people want to do things. But subconsciously is where things happen. The subconscious is what rules your life, not your conscious mind. Because if that was the case, nobody would be poor. Nobody would be fat. Right? Because consciously, these people are like, oh, I should stop eating this food. I should work out. I should do this. But people are fat as hell. Right? Still, even though consciously they know the things to do to not be fat. But deep in their subconscious, they don't, they don't, they feel like fat is the only thing that I can be. Now, consciously they may not know that, but in their in their subconscious, they feel like I'm not worthy of a different type of body. This body is what I am worthy of in this moment. Now, people who are poor, people who are broke, consciously like, okay, I want to get a bag. I want to make more money. I want to do this. I want to do that. But they're living on Section 8. They're living on food stamps. They're barely living paycheck to paycheck. They have chronic unemployment. <clears throat> living under the, uh, living at or under the poverty line, Right? But consciously, they want money. So the thing is, is that it doesn't matter what anyone consciously knows or thinks. It matters what's in the subconscious. And the subconscious is poverty. And that's why that person is poverty. The subconscious is, I'm not worthy of money. I'm worthy of where I'm at. And that's why I'm there. We are only wherever we feel worthy. 
Okay, we are only wherever we feel worthy. If you are somewhere, that is because you feel worthy of being in that place. If you're rich, it's because you feel worthy of riches. If you're poor, it's because you feel poor. You feel worthy of uh, poverty. If you're somewhere in the middle, that's where your worth is. If you have the body of your dreams, it's because you feel worthy of that body. If you don't have the body of your dreams, you don't feel worthy. Love, same thing. Right. If people treat you nicely, it's because you feel worthy of people treating you nicely. If you got in, the, if you get into conflict every time you leave your house, it's because that's what you feel worthy at. There's a saying to say people we date at the level of self-esteem. It's not just dating; it's anything. Self-esteem is really kind of sort of another synonym for worth, for self-worth. They're a little bit different, but I'm not going to get into nuances of that right now. Nuances of that right now. Um. So. I say all this to say that we are always doing the best that we can, okay? So when you do the inner girl work, you will understand that because there are plenty of things that you want to do better, but you haven't been able to do it because your inner girl is not healed, right? Like you want a better loving relationship in your mind. You are like, okay, I know that I should establish boundaries. I should establish standards. I should, um, shouldn't ignore red flags. I should be dating better quality of men, but you keep dating the same men. Oh, I know I should wait a little bit longer to have sex with men. I should hold that a little bit longer, but instead you're busting it wide open on the 30 minute mark of meeting him. Right? So you're telling your mind one thing, but you're doing something else because it's what's in your subconscious. So I'm saying all this to say is that even when you feel like your mother may have done something to you intentionally, she did not. It was what came from her subconscious. It's what she, it came from her trauma, from her unhealed inner girl, probably passed on from her mother and the mother before that. And if you are a black person, you definitely understand how trauma has been passed because we are still suffering from the trauma of slavery, the, the trauma of segregation. And still, the, and then generations to come are going to be struggling with the trauma of black people still getting killed, still getting beaten. Like we are right now. Our grandchildren are going to deal with that trauma. So as black people, we know the lineage of trauma. And so when that's why it's very important to have compassion. Okay? It's very important to have compassion for everyone. But especially for your mother on this day, Mother's Day. Because I don't care how bad you think that she was to you. She did the best that she could. And that's the saying that goes around. But it is actually all the way 100% true. Because she did the best that she could with, the, with what she had. With what her subconscious allowed her to give. She probably wanted to do more. She probably wanted to do less consciously. But subconsciously, she was stuck on drugs. Subconsciously, she had her own trauma. She had her own self-esteem issues. She had her own lack of worth issues, right? She had her own not knowing what love feels like issues, okay? So I just wanted to get in here and take a moment to, to defend the mothers of the world to get a rep from their daughters and their sons and other people in the world who are saying, oh, my mother was toxic, my mother's a narcissist, my mother's this, my mother sold me for penny candy. 
All these things are traumatic and I'm not taking away from your pain. But at the end of the day, the first step to healing your pain is realizing that the pain that was inflicted on you by someone else was not intentional. I don't care how intentional it may have seemed. They are working from a program the same way you are working from a program. We're all working from programs until we take control of ourselves and begin to heal ourselves. Then we have awareness and then we have free will. Up until that point, we have no free will. We are just operating based on the programs that are in our subconscious and the programs that are in subconscious are mostly traumatic. They're traumatic. And so the subconscious is mostly 80% of the time working from trauma. So when you hurt somebody, you probably didn't want to hurt nobody, but you're, going to, you're doing it from a traumatic experience. So think that same way when someone hurts you. They probably didn't want to hurt you, didn't wait, oh, let me wake up and like, you know, hurt this person, hurt their feelings, you know, do all this other stuff, but it's something in their subconscious that has them act a certain way. So am I saying that people should not be held responsible for their actions? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All I'm doing is telling you that there is always a reason why someone does something. No one just does something for the most part. And actually, I'm not even going to say for the most part. No one does anything just to do it. No one does anything just to be a good person or just to be an evil person or just to be a mean person. Everything is coming from within the subconscious. So those people who serial serial killers, killers, rapists, kidnappers, those people are doing that because there's something traumatic that happened to them. And there's, that's deeply programmed in their subconscious where they're projecting it onto other people. Right? But are they still responsible for the actions? Of course they are. They still needs to be atonement, and the atonement is not there necessarily what we think is punishment, but it's more so for that person to release that trauma, right? That's really what atonement is about, and that's really what karma is about. People think that karma is about punishing people, but karma is really about people, about you being able to rectify the trauma that you have experienced in a lot of people may not believe in this, but in previous lives and in your current life, what you have done to people in this current life, things come back to you not to punish you because that's the ego. The ego thinks, oh, karma is going to punish people. It's not about punishing people. It's about giving that person the opportunity to make atonement so that they can heal from what caused them to do that action in the first place. That's what karma is about. Karma is a self-correcting law of the universe. It's not about punishing people. And I'm using air quotes. It's not about punishing people and people getting, it's not this revengeful law that goes, oh, let me do with this person. Like people say, karma's a bitch. Karma's not a bitch. Karma's a saint. Okay, karma's a saint because karma is helping that person to be their best selves. If that person recognizes karma because you know a lot of times things happen to people and they don't understand the lesson and that's why it keeps happening though but that's a different story but I say all this to say that um we want to be mindful on this mother's day of the wounds of our mother we're not responsible for her wounds whether she be alive or dead or absent from our lives in some way we're not responsible She's responsible for her own, or she was if she's not here. 
But we are responsible, as the Bible says, taking the log out of our own eye before we try to take the speck out of our neighbor's eye. So what that basically means is that the only reason why you see a speck in your neighbor's eye is because it's reflecting the log in your own eye. So that means that you see trauma, you see something, toxicity, narcissism in someone else because that reflection is in you. That does not mean that you're a narcissist or you're toxic, but you are energetic. You're in, you're in energetic frequency and alignment to that, right? Like a lot of people say, okay, I keep attracting narcissists. Narcissists are attracted to codependents. So now the log, if I'm a codependent, for example, this is an example. If I'm a codependent and I keep attracting, if, so if I'm a person who keeps attracting narcissists, I am a codependent. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, okay? You can only attract to you what is a reflection of you. So it's not, no, maybe you're codependent. Oh, no, you are, okay? Now, there's different varying degrees of anything along the spectrum. You can be a hardcore codependent. You can be, you know, in the middle, but you're still one, okay? So if I'm attracting narcissists, it's because I'm a codependent, okay? So the codependency is what Jesus would say is the log in my eye. Now, what is being reflected back to me is the speck that I see in my neighbor's eye by me calling him a narcissist. So what the ego does is project the log in my eye onto the other person, right? And it makes it seem like they're really the ones with the log in their eye when it's really me. So what I'm saying is that I see someone who has narcissism because I have codependency. And codependency and narcissism are two sides of the same coin. They're heads and tails. So when you are experiencing something with someone, you have to realize that when you put a label on someone, you're the other side of that coin. Okay? So you wouldn't be able to see narcissism in someone if you didn't have an attracting quality, which is codependency. Okay? So now I'm a little bit on a tangent, but I'm about to bring this home as I always do. So I always go on my little tangents, but then I bring it back. So what I'm saying here is that not excusing any, I'm not excusing your mother. If she was abusive, mistreat you, she hurt you, she abused anything negative that she done to you. You feel, you feel angry. You feel, you feel sad about it, but I do advise you to forgive her because not forgiving is not doing nothing to her. It's doing something to you. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is I'm going to say that um, remember as you do your inner girl work that you're going to understand that we're all reflecting each other and we all have trauma. So when someone does something to you or you do something wrong to someone else, more than likely, you didn't consciously want to do that. You probably even had a thing in your head would say, oh, I didn't want to do that. I shouldn't have did that. And you probably would say to yourself, I shouldn't have did that. I don't know why I did that. Right? I've done things to people and I'd be like, I don't know why I did that. Like, I don't, like, after the fact, I'm just like, why did I do that? Because I knew it was wrong, right? But I did it anyway. Right? Like, the Apostle Paul, he talks about this in the Bible. Where he says, we want to do right, but we can't because we're taken away by our flesh. And right in the Bible is a very symbolic book. And like when I talk, when, and I say this all the time, when I talk about the Bible on my show, I'm not talking about the Bible in a religious context. 
I'm not talking about it in the context of Catholicism, Christianity, or anything like that. I'm talking about it in the context <clears throat> of a guidebook as well as the symbolism of it. As well as the metaphysics of it. Because the Bible is a book of life. It's not a book of religion. People have made it that way and that's fine. And it can be used in that way. And I'm not, you know, because I also, I'm not going to lie, I also identify with that religion. I also identify with the religion of Christianity. So I'm not downplaying my own religion. However, in my opinion, the Bible is not about religion. The Bible is a guidebook about how to live life, irregardless of whatever religion you prescribe to. It's about how to see life. And it's about not, and most of the Bible, or in my opinion, not most, in my opinion, for the most part, the Bible is not a literal book. It is a book of allegory. It is a book of, um, of, uh, symbolism. And it's, and it's a lot of metaphors in the Bible. So you have to like, a lot of people literally read the Bible and that's what's done in religion. Like there's a literal reading, but the Bible is not about, it's not a literal thing. It's about going deeper than that and seeing the allegory. That's why Jesus, when he came, he spoke in allegories because that is really what the whole Bible is about. Even the old Testament, you know, it's not about like, Oh, these people, that person, it's about those people have representations of things. So anyway, like when I was saying, like when Jesus said, don't take the log out of your eye, not the speck. In it. He's not literally talking about, oh, there's a big old log in your eye and there's a speck in somebody else's eye. What he is saying is what your, that little bitty, um, little bitty um, characteristic or quality you've seen in somebody else is really, they're reflecting back to you the, the, the bigger um representation of that within you and he said eyes because eyes are mirrors of the soul and the soul is your subconscious okay so that that's this is how the bible goes it takes you you have to read it and take it deeper into the spiritual and metaphysical um what it's saying so basically jesus is saying that whatever you're seeing in someone else is mirroring back to you what is in your subconscious because it's originated within you. You have the bigger issue. That's why he said a log. Imagine how big a log is compared to a speck, right? He's saying that you only see that little bitty speck in that person because the bigger version of that is in you. So what he's saying basically is focus on you. Don't focus on what other people are doing. Don't focus on other people's healing. Focus on your healing, right? Because once you heal, then that person's speck will automatically heal as well or they will be removed out of your life if they are not ready to have that also healing. But, so I went on a tangent, but I always want to explain that because I don't want anyone to think that this isn't necessarily me using, um, this, this show is about like religion per se because it's not. But I will use the Bible for the context of you know, backing up my claims because the Bible is a guidebook and it is and it helps you dig deeper into spirituality and really the workings of the universe. So that's really what the Bible is for me. It really shows you how the universe works. It's not about like, oh, Christianity, oh, I need to go sit in church and pray five times. Like that's not what it's 
that's not how I interpret it. That's how I used to interpret it until I did more study. And now I don't interpret it. I don't interpret the Bible in the context of the Christian religion or the Catholic religion or any religion to be fair. Um, so what I'm saying is to say that Paul talked about this in the Bible when he said that we want to do wrong, but our flesh is weak, right? So basically the flesh, and a lot of people think that that means that, okay, my flesh as in my body is weak. Um, you know, like mentally I want to do the right thing, but my body is weak. Like, you know, I don't want to have sex or I don't want to have premarital sex. My body really wants that. That's not what this is saying. Flesh is not the physical body. See, that's why I say you cannot read the Bible literally. Because when the Bible says flesh, he is not talking about your physical body, which is how people in the Christian, this is how religious people interpret that. Anything that says flesh in the Bible, oh, he's talking about my body, right? No, the flesh is the subconscious as well. There are, there's a few names for the subconscious in the Bible. Heart is one, and so is flesh my flesh is my subconscious so what he's saying is that conscious mind my conscious brain wants me to do the right thing say okay i should do this i should do that but my flesh i.e or aka my subconscious is weak which really means that it's not really the subconscious that's weak because the subconscious is strong because the subconscious is what is overpowering the conscious mind. But it's weak in the sense that it's not in alignment with the conscious mind. So since it's not in alignment with what you consciously want to do, therefore it's weak. But it's not weak in the fact that it's controlling everything that you do. So it really is a powerful force, not your conscious mind, because you can wake up tomorrow. This is what happens every year. People say, okay, I'm a Go to the gym, New Year, New Year's Day. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to work out and eat right. Um, January 3rd, they scuffing down Popeye's. And they pay for a whole year membership gone waste. Because consciously they want to lose weight and they know everything to do. But in their subconscious, they're not worthy to be fit. They're not worthy of a healthy mind, body, and soul. So they're subconscious. Okay, you don't feel worthy of this. We're going to do the same thing. I'm going to make sure you continue to do the same thing that you always did because you don't think you're worthy of it. So what you need to do is find your worth. And so this is where inner girl works come in really handy is that we always want to see when we're not getting something that we consciously want, we need to say, okay, what is my inner girl not feeling worthy about right now? Now, let me bring this back to Mother's Day because I did go on like a 15-minute tangent and I do apologize. But I'm sure you got some nuggets of wisdom in there. Um, But... What I want to say is that you have every right to feel how you feel about whatever experiences you had with your mother, if they were negative or positive. But what I just want to challenge you to do is, one, forgive her, because that is not helping, um, that's not hurting anyone but yourself, okay? Then, two, I want to tell you to um, really see it from the notion of, she did the best she could based on her own trauma that she may have received from her mother and her mother before her dad. And then three, which is what the rest of this is going to be about, is that I do want you to identify where you have the mother wound at so that you can take good care of yourself going forward. And, and taking good care of yourself is no more blaming your mother for what she did. Forgive her, 
I would I would encourage you to rectify the relationship, especially if she's still alive. But if you don't choose to do that, that's on you. But going forward, whether you choose to forgive, rectify your relationship, reconcile, that's up to you. But definitely forgive, if nothing else, even if you don't want a relationship with her. And then start taking care of your own mother womb. And um, I'm going to identify to you some ways that the mother wound is showing up within your inner girl. So a lot of people are very critical of their own body. Now, this isn't just like, okay, I know I'm overweight and I know I need to lose weight. But this is people who have like body dysphoria, like people who constantly are like working out, never skinny enough, constantly going under the plastic surgery knife, um, just never satisfied with their bodies, right? This isn't people who actually need to make improvements, i.e. they're fat, they're overweight, they're obese, they have health issues, okay? This is coming from a place of a lack of love for the body. Like your body, you're not doing it because you have a health issue or or a health issue could arise from your body. You're doing it because you just don't love it. You just don't have the self-love for your body. So that's the first one. You don't have love for your body. So you're constantly criticizing it. Um, Another one is playing small so that others can like you or love you, right? So this could be in the form of being a doormat, a people pleaser, um, you know, not really wanting to disagree with anyone, not really wanting to rock the boat. Number three is um, whenever you feel any negative emotions, feeling like, okay, I'm a bad person, I shouldn't feel this way. I don't know if you guys are really familiar with this, but there's this toxic thing going on in like the law of attraction community. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term. If you're not, I'm not going to explain it. You can Google it. Um, but there's this toxic positivity going on where like it says, because basically, okay, I'll give this small explanation. So basically the law of attraction says um, you attract to you what you think about and stuff like that. So basically there's this toxic thing going on where it's saying, okay, you can't think negative thoughts. Or you're going to attract negative things. So people are literally like, Oh my God, I thought a negative thought. Oh my God, my my days, my week, my life is going to be terrible. When that's not how this works, you know, like having feelings, having bad feelings, being angry, being sad are a part of life is dwelling in that and never getting out of that is what attracts those negative things to you. But having a bad day, being angry, being sad, being upset, being disappointed, those are part of life. As long as you feel those emotions and move through them, you'll be okay. But it's sitting in those emotions. It's suppressing those emotions, not facing them. And just overall having a negative mindset. So thinking your feelings are bad. Mother wound. Um, this is another one that's kind of like shrinking, uh, playing small. So another one, uh, number four, avoiding trying to keep the peace so you you're avoiding conflict with others in order to keep the peace right and this is different from being a peacemaker this is someone who like tries to calm tensions between people but you are a person who just can't deal with any type of conflict like when conflict happens you got to run away not healthy mother wound um number five 
not being able to make and maintain boundaries. You don't have any boundaries. And that is also mother wound and a lack of self-love. Okay. Um, and there's this saying going around, well, there's someone who has it worse than you. You actually embodying that saying. That is a toxic saying that there's someone who has it worse than you. That is toxic. And that is also part of the false positivity movement that has been around for a while um, or forever. You know, oh, look at that person. They have it worse. At least you got this. At least you got that. We Comparison is a thief of joy, but it's also the thief of healing because it doesn't matter what anyone else has going on their life is their own and their journey is their journey my life is my own and my life is my journey and your life is your own your life is your journey like I said you are entitled to have bad days and to feel bad and and be upset about something you can't always be positive and happy about everything that's that's toxic in itself so if you are upset because You know, you got a job paying $18 an hour and you really was hoping for a $20 hour and you and other people, well, at least you got a job. No, 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 no. Don't let anyone make you feel bad because you feel bad because you need that two extra dollars to not be living paycheck to paycheck. So you have a right to be unhappy, to be disappointed that you didn't get that two extra dollar job hour. So do not dismiss your circumstances because oh it's not that bad or at least I'm better than other people or you know there's always someone who has it worse which is true so on the same token do be grateful for where you are but don't feel like you're not entitled to feel disappointment or anger or upset or any other negative emotion because something isn't going the way you want it to go in your life now definitely check your heart to see if you you're coming from a place of entitlement Like, oh, just because someone, you wanted a Chanel bag and the person gave you a Gucci bag and you're just like, oh my God. Now in that case, yes, there is someone who has it worse than you or nothing at all. But if it's something serious, like I said, with the $18 hour job and you really need 20 to really pay your bills, then yes, feel bad about that. And don't feel like, oh, well, it's somebody who only, who only making $10 an hour or there's somebody who ain't got no money at all or ain't got no job. That ain't got nothing to do with you. What got something to do with you is what you're going through. And you have a right to feel how you want to feel. Okay. So next is feeling responsible for your mom's negative emotions, her unhappiness, her trauma, her need for healing. Feeling like, oh, you wish you could do something for her. You wish you could help her find a man or a better job or move her out the hood or something like that. Now, I'm not saying you can't help your mother in any way you can, but it's not your responsibility, right? Um, And you shouldn't feel that it's your responsibility um, or feel negative. When I say feel your responsibility, I mean feel it in a negative sense of like, oh, I got to help her. I got to get her, you know, I got to be the person to do this and that and the third. And it's like, that's a mother wound because a lot of mothers make their children feel like they're responsible for them, the parent. And that's not how it's supposed to be. So they so they grow up still having that mother wound of like, oh, I got to take care of my mama. I got to do this. I can't have my own life. I got to take care of my mama. A lot of women do that to their sons specifically. That's how mama boys come about, really. Um, and then it's just overall feeling that 
you're just too much. Like your wants are too much. Like what you ask of people is too much. Your needs are too much. So you don't ask for nothing. You just independent and don't need nobody for nothing because you feel like, oh, well, I'm just too much. I need too much attention. I need too much time. You're not too much. Okay. You're not. I don't care what you're asking for unless you really are asking for it too much. And you know, if you are, but if you're asking for, you know, love, attention, affection, things like that, respect, loyalty, you're not asking for too much. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, so those are ways that the mother wound shows up. Some of the ways. There are other ways, but those are just some of the ways. So what I what I encourage all the women to do is that once you have identified maybe some of the ways that you have identified in your life that the mother wound has came up in your life, um, like I said, forgive your mother, forgive her, and then recognize that mother wound and forgive yourself. And then work on reversing that. So, for example, if you feel like um, you can't maintain boundaries, right? Then work on that within your inner girl. Work on that aspect of your of the mother womb within your inner girl. Talk to your inner girl and tell her, I know that you feel like if you set boundaries, you won't get loved. You won't get affection. But what if you set boundaries? What if you set love? I'm, I'm sorry, what if you set boundaries and you get more love and affection than you ever dreamed possible? What if you get more respect? And tell her, you know what? I know that you don't, I know you may be scared to set boundaries, but I'm here. I'm here for you. You got to talk to your inner girl. That's how you heal your inner girl because your inner girl, excuse me, your inner girl is scared. And she needs that calm reassurance that you're trying to get on the outside. She needs it from you. So you need to let her know. And then you can do inner child work. You, one thing I love to do is affirmations, affirming the opposite. So I, it is safe for me to have boundaries. I love having boundaries. I welcome boundaries. You know, these are the things that you need to do. So I say all this to say, ladies, and then I'm going to wrap this up. And this is what Mother's Day is about. It's about taking the time to also... Appreciate the woman in your life. Forgive those who may have done anything wrong to you. But also take this time to mother your inner girl. Mother your inner girl. When you find that mother wound, mother her. Speak kindly to her. Give her the affection that you wish your own um, mother in real life would have given you. Or whoever took the mother role on in your life would have given you. Do that for her. And that is ways that you will be able to tune into your most authentic feminine self. Right, because you will feel more at peace and be able to be more vulnerable with people in the world because you will be able to show up and you will not feel like, oh, I can't be myself. Oh, I can't say that I'm having a bad day. No, I can be vulnerable. I can say, I don't feel good today and not feel ashamed. Not feel like, oh, I shouldn't have said that because people in Africa are starving. No, I feel bad today. I feel upset. I feel sad that I didn't get that two extra dollars. And I'm not ashamed of it. I feel bad. Yes, there are people who don't got a job, but that's their path. My path is that I am on the path to making $20 an hour. And I'm not there yet. And I feel bad. I feel disappointed. I'm grateful that I have a job, but I'm so disappointed that I don't have the extra 200 jobs. Then you make peace with the situation. You acknowledge your feelings. And then you can work on do whatever you need to do in the world to make that $200. Maybe you get a side hustle. Maybe you just set the job for another six months to a year, get more experience, apply for another job, right? So that's how you mother your inner girl.
Okay, ladies. So I hope this um, podcast episode was very helpful to you. Um, If it was, feel free to join my Facebook group. Let's talk about it in there. Um, Heal Thy Femina is the name of it. Um, Definitely subscribe to my YouTube channel, also called Heal Thy Feminine. This podcast is called Heal Thy Feminine. Um, If you want to find me, I'm sorry, if you, I have a book that I wrote. Um, It's called 21 Days to Feminine Magnetism. It is, can be found and purchased on Amazon.com only. Um, and until next time, ladies, enjoy the mothers in your life. And if you don't have a mother, mother yourself. Have a great day, ladies. Bye-bye.